Victor Frankel, he uh, wrote a book, Man's Search for the Meaning. And it's a powerful story about the importance of meaning and value in the human life. Frankel was a Jewish psychologist who survived both uh, concert, uh, concentration camps, uh, Dachau and Auschwitz, uh, during World War II. He spoke of the atrocities in this camp, or in these, both of these camps, in particular how little they had to eat, how little of food they were given as prisoners there. And they considered themselves fortunate if they just found a pea in their pea soup or whatever that was. They were served. But if there was a pea in it, they could call it pea soup. They would barter for small uh, dry pieces of bread. And he described those who lived under these conditions as dead but still walking around. Brother Bruce, I think I just got my answer I was talking to you about. Amen. In just a second. His writing and work focused on the meaning and value and the choices people have when faced with unimaginable adversity. But the picture Frankel drew with his words of people walking around in the concentration camps emaciated, literally starving to death, is also a profound picture of humanity without the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know the whole story. I don't know what the situation, what the people that shoot up people in the mall are walking around as dead men walking without a purpose in their life because the world has sucked them dry so much that they don't seem to know even the question let alone who the answer is. And his book describes that in particular. And you, we, can, we can put that over to people without the Lord. Truly all people are dead in, tra in trespass and sins, but God stands ready to make them alive again. Aren't you glad that you were dead, but Jesus came? He gave you a new man. Amen. And you're alive in him. God makes us alive together with Christ when we obey his gospel. This is the promise of the resurrection. Even though all people without God are dead men walking, as I, I just mentioned, we can be made alive with Christ. Old things can pass away and all things become new. And this is the promise of the resurrection. Now, of course, there is a first resurrection that was with Jesus. He promised that he would rise again, that he would be handed over to the Gentiles. He would be mocked, spit on, scourged, uh, just thrown rocks at, put a crown of thorns on, just beaten, whipped, whatever. That He promised that, but he, he knew that was coming, but he promised that he would rise again. The resurrection promise of Jesus come, uh, they, it comes in different ways depending on which gospel you read. It's all the same, but it's presented differently. In Matthew, there's an important focus on the cost of discipleship, of laying down one's life. There is an emphasis on the suffering of Jesus, we find in Matthew. See, Matthew was helping Jewish readers understand that Jesus' suffering had to take place 
because he was the one who was going to bear the sins of the world. The resurrection of Jesus is understandable when viewed in the light of his crucifixion. How can one come from the dead? How can he, the tomb be open? How can he walk out? Let you, if you know about his crucifixion, then you know how important and, and understand the significance of his resurrection. And with all this, you understand Peter's sermon in Acts 2, verse 38, all much better. That without the shedding of the blood, there would be no remission of sins. John 2, 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, 40 and six years was the temple in building. And you're going to bring it back up, rear it back up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of his temple, his body, the temple, his body. His words shocked them. How could something that took 46 years be built in only three days or be rebuilt? Had they known he was speaking of his body, they would have been even more stunned. In this passage, Jesus was clearly stating his decision as it related to his resurrection. Since he was fully God, he was going to be involved in his resurrection. And since he was fully human, he was, he was willingly or willing to submit to death and even death on the cross. And we know the fact that he was fully God because God was manifested in the flesh and justified in the spirit, seen of angels, seen of angels and priests on in the gospel and was received back up into glory. We know this. Jesus said in John 10, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. As Isaiah prophesied some 800 years before it happened, Jesus was led like a lamb to the slaughter. The great love of Jesus was on display at Calvary. We sing about that this morning, about his blood. No other blood could have done it. No one pressured him to lay down his life. Aren't you, aren't you glad that we were bought by a Savior that did it because he wanted to, that he had to, that he wasn't pressured in and prodded in. Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, endured the cross. We, we hear the story. It is, it is Easter Sunday, and we're going to hear uh, stories all day on the radio uh, if you listen online to other ministers, other church services, uh, this, uh, this later on this morning in our church service, we are going to hear the story most likely about the tomb. The tomb was borrowed. Jesus' story continued as he died on the cross and then he was buried. We are told of a secret disciple named Joseph from the town of Arimatha, or Arithamia, who came to take the body of Jesus. Joseph's request for the body of Jesus was mentioned 
in each of the four Gospels. I guess I never paid attention to that until I was studying this and looking that up. It was made mention in each of the four Gospels. And as I heard so many preachers say, if it's mentioned in all of them, it must be important. The exact information about Jesus' burial highlights the authenticity of the gospel. That's not true. Jesus rose from the dead. Have you read the story? Have you understood it? Have you sought an answer inspired by the Holy Ghost? No, I just don't believe it. Then you never will. The disciples knew the tomb's location. They were willing to tell anybody who would listen that their master had died and was buried. And his burial in uh, Joseph's tomb was fulfilled uh, from the prophecy uh, of Isaiah in Isaiah 53, 9. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Jesus was perfect. Oh, here I go again. I've just thought of something else. I think, I think we got in trouble with uh, WWJD. I, I, I probably had the bracelet too. What would Jesus do? You're not Jesus. You're not. You cannot do what Jesus did. You just can't. With the Holy Ghost, we can strive for that perfection, but we, we're not. We can't be. And once we understand that, that a perfect being, God manifested himself into a perfect flesh, body of flesh. And we are not that, but we can strive. We have the Holy Ghost. The difference, the incredible difference is when Jesus was tempted, nothing happened after that. Amen. But we have the power of the resurrection the blood, the Holy Ghost, to be able to withstand those holds that the devil throws at us, those darts of temptation. One scholar said, this is the principal proof of Christianity, that he rose from the dead on the third day. Matthew 28, 6, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Anybody read your... Bible memory verse this morning that you have your app downloaded, that was, or not memory verse, but the daily verse, that was it today. Just as he said. And that was because Jesus rose from the dead. Think about this. All other claims of Jesus are easily cast aside if the resurrection did not happen. It would be pretty tough. Yes, my Savior, he's not alive. It just won't work. It won't work. That's why Christianity is, is so authentic, if, if, if I can pick that word, and true, because we do have an empty tomb. Brother Locke, I, I'm not sure if it's the same tomb, but you saw a tomb while you were in Jerusalem, right? It's empty. Oh, but but this and but this and that. Holy Ghost. Amen. God helps us understand that. An honest study of history proves Jesus rose from the dead. However, this is not the claim that he rose from the dead that troubles sinful world. It's the fact that he 
what the resurrection means that troubles these guided evil desires. Jesus' resurrection means he is Lord of history and King of kings. See, oh, okay, so you have somebody that rose from the dead. That's great. But wait, there's more. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of everything over all. He's the Lord of everything. And every other God is a false God. It's not a real God. You'll have no other gods before me because there aren't any. All right, I, I don't know if you know this. Maybe I'm preaching to the choir. That Buddha that was in my house when I was growing up, we were not Buddhists, but my mom had a Buddha. That's fake. It's not real. There, there, there's not, he's not a god. He's dead. Oh, we could go on and on and on. Let's get back to the resurrection. Before him, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is what? He is Lord. The resurrection of Jesus is not meant to be research only. The resurrection, you know what? This is, you're in here today not just to hear about the resurrection, but to live it as well. We need to understand it's not just a study guide. It's a life-changing event. We wouldn't have this baptism in filling with the Holy Ghost without his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus has meaning to each and every one of us. I have witnessed healings and miracles in my life and others. Addictions vanished. Relationships restored. As I mentioned earlier, cars being shoved out of the way. Bodies healed. Uh, I might have mentioned this before. I'm not sure. Renee and I were told that we were probably not have any kids after Alex. Because of cysts that had taken over her ovaries. But I began to pray. I prayed over my wife. God, bless the fruit of her womb. Bless it. And that's why we call Aaron our miracle baby. And nothing but death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus can prove that. And I know that. It wasn't a mistake the doctor made. We saw the evidence. It wasn't me laying my hands on her that did something right. It was the spirit of God. It was his healing power. Bill Gaither wrote, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. It's the future hope we have because Jesus' resurrection. We can face an uncertainty because we know that Jesus lives. It's amazing how a song travels the globe almost as fast as the gospel. I think I mentioned this to Sister Leslie uh, the, other, the other night that I remember singing this on, in, in Liverpool inside an apartment that people had invited some of the Christians over to the, and they, they asked, I had the guitar, so they asked me if I knew that. And I was like, and you know, me being young and stupid, and like, oh, you guys know that song too? But the gospel, the resurrection spread even quicker than a song. Social unrest, global pandemics, political chaos, all must bow before the king. Followers of Christ know he has the whole world in his hand. 
and we can trust him with our future. But not only can disciples trust Jesus for the future, we can also trust him for the present. Because he lives, I can face today. With all of its struggles, hurts, pains, frustration, and problems, we can still face today. You are not alone. You can face today. You don't have to worry about tomorrow because he lives. But you can take care of it right now today at an altar or at your seat by lifting your hands, by opening your mouth, by saying, Lord, I love you. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you, Lord. What do I need to do? I need to repent. I need to say I'm sorry for my sins that I've done in my life. Thank you for laying down your life for my sins. Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. And now I want to accept you. I want you to be a part of my life. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, without, without the resurrection, without the shedding of blood, Peter's sermon just would have fallen on deaf ears. It, it just wouldn't have mattered. No sickness, no cancer. Brother Khan's not here, but the Khan's know about it. No kidney stones, no cysts, no depression, no addiction, no broken relationships. Relationships can stop what Jesus has done for me by the very fact that he rose from the dead. We have hope. Because our Savior lives today. The response to the gospel that Peter preached in Acts 2 was repentance, as I mentioned, baptism in Jesus' name, and was receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is made possible, as I mentioned, by the resurrection of Jesus. Later, Peter and Paul described what this experience had done for those who obeyed and received. Paul wrote that all have sinned, right, and come short of the glory. All Everyone has sinned, and that's what this resurrection does. It helps the sinner. In Ephesians, he wrote about before we are filled, we must realize uh, we are dead in trespasses and sins. And the result of sin is death. The spiritual death that people live in is real, and it's felt by many. Now, let's go back to that. I was talking about the shooting yes, uh, yesterday in South Carolina. And I was saying they walk around as dead men or women, people in the world. They, they feel, they just don't feel Jesus. Okay? It, 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 you know, Hollywood has, Hollywood has glorified zombies and all that stuff. You know, no feeling. They get shot and nothing happens and all that stuff. I imagine all that stuff. No, these people feel, they feel a depression, a sickness over them. And they don't know the answer to that. And it takes a prayer walk, it takes a Bible study, it takes a church service, it takes streaming, it takes meeting somebody on the road, it takes witnessing, it takes walking, approaching, being social. It means talking, giving your witness, your Bible study of yourself, what God has done for you, talking to as many people as you can to help them, to get them to see the light, the answer. Who knows? Who knows the person that you talked to last week or the person that you're going to talk to later on today or tomorrow? Who knows what they're going through? You don't know. You don't have to get, you don't have to get down and, 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 and excuse my uh, link, dirty with them, you know, like, oh, what's the nitty-gritty? What he's going through? What did your mom do? What did your dad do when you're, you don't have to do that. You just have to say, God brought me out. Because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I can live again. I have a future. I have a promise. 
And no matter what you're going through, sir or ma'am, God has a, the same promise to you. I, I know you know me. Uh, no, I wasn't always talkative all the time. Way back when, way back, I was afraid to get up in front of a classroom way back when. Now I'm not. And so you may say, I'm not like you. I'm not like Sister Pearl. I'm not like Brother Andy over here that, that can just go up and just talk to anybody like that. I'm just not like that. We got to go in that direction a little bit, though. We have to go there to talk to somebody. You see the same grocer every week. You see your same employees every week. And your relationship that you build will help you open that door to talking about Jesus. I will tell you a little secret. I did not like knocking on doors and giving people tracks. I did not like invading their privacy and homes. I didn't. Oh, I did not like knocking. I did it. And I, I was like, God, don't let them be home. Oh, you know. <laughs> so I, I will hang it on the door. And we had, you, you guys, I don't know if you went through here, this, you know, because I've been here about 13, 12, 13 years now. But we had the hooks, the door hooks. You know, you put them on the handle. Yeah, and you do that, right? It's like, whoo. It wouldn't have worked nowadays because uh, because you got a ring camera. They're going to see you. So you got to, you have to say something. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, you're invited to the church tomorrow, goodbye. They'll catch it, right? No, I didn't like that. I, didn't, I, I am social. I can talk to anybody about anything, but I just, I, and I didn't like selling stuff either to people when I was in sales. I just, I, I don't like that. I like giving things away. Amen. Many first-time guests here at APT and Pentecostal Church, Apostolic Churches, sometimes feel emotional when we begin singing and we begin worshiping. And one reason for that is for many, it's the first time they ever experience the love of God that they were created to feel. You remember that first time somebody prayed with you or the second time and you started feeling like, oh, I feel good. Somebody loves me. Somebody's worried about me. And maybe you wept. Maybe you were a hardcore guy and you didn't feel like weeping, weeping but you knew that there. Maybe you were a, a lady that didn't ever cried or never got emotional, and then you decided someone loves you. And that's the reason why. Because for the first time in our lives, when we come into an atmosphere of worship and praise, we feel the very presence or the Holy Spirit of God that was that he died and buried and was resurrected for, or for us. Some of us may not fully understand what is happening, but their, their human spirits are connecting to a sensing of the Holy Spirit. The love, joy, and hope they experience brings tears. It's real. It's wholesome. It's life. And it only happens because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When sinners turn from their sins and open their hearts to God, they will be filled with the Holy Ghost. The resurrection life of Jesus is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says this, it, hel or it helps us understand that the Holy Spirit brings us from a purely uh, selfish or fleshly existence to a spiritual one, a, a selfish existence to a spiritual one.
Those who are filled with the Holy Spirit are in the Spirit and not of the flesh. Believers are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and this guarantees our inheritance in Christ. We talked about Jesus' resurrection earlier. I mentioned it, and maybe I didn't emphasize it enough, but it was the first resurrection. But the, the final resurrection, and, and the second resurrection is us being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the final resurrection that I talk about is we see in Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The same spirit that raised up the lifeless body of the man, Christ Jesus, will also raise up Holy Ghost-filled believers when we are called to meet him once again. Aren't you glad that our spirit is going to join? It's going to be lifted up. He quickens us. We're going to go. Jesus was the first, but when he returns and quickens our lifeless bodies, if we have passed on, who, of those who've died in faith, it will include millions, which would be a greater resurrection. Those who are quickened in that day will be those who have the same spirit. The guarantee from God to believers is the Holy Spirit he promised. The Apostle Paul's words in, in his epistles uh, reassures us that those who die in the Lord will not be overlooked, but they will experience experience Christ's return. In fact, the dead in Christ from the grave was to be a significant factor. They are going to go first before we that are alive in Christ remain. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Being alive when Christ returns is so amazing. In his poem, The Birds, the poet Hugh Russell Mathena penned these words, because God is going to take us home some unexpected day. While I'm flying through the air, oh, I will be amazed. This particular poem is very special to me because the author sent it to me when I first went into the Navy. He sent it as an encouragement and a prayer for me to understand the importance of Jesus' return and our resurrection. But you see, I, I wasn't in church then when he sent it to me. I didn't know about the power of the resurrection. Completely engrossed in church. I had been baptized, but I wasn't completely in church. You see, this poet, Hugh Russell Mathena, was my Holy Ghost-filled grandfather. He was Church of God, Pentecostal, and he understood the power of the Holy Ghost. And I, I know Church of God is Trinitarian. I understand that. He had the Holy Ghost. It skipped my parents. They did not go to the church there. My mom did not go to the church willingly, but my sister, who some of you have met, went back to that church and got the Holy Ghost, Keel, and then Keel moved to California and was baptized in Jesus' name, and that's started back then, and a Holy Ghost-filled poet, my grandfather, 
start it, under the understanding in my life about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus has risen and lives even today, we have hope and assurance of being with him in eternity one day. Because he rose from the dead and lives forevermore, we can thrive today and have hope for tomorrow. A celebration is an order. And one of the reasons we celebrate today is because Jesus was resurrected. He, he rose again. The tomb was rolled away. He came out of the tomb. His disciples saw an empty tomb. Even secular historians acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the central figure in human history. However, his resurrection is more than a history lesson. It has eternal consequences for all people. The Bible tells us that people will doubt that Jesus was resurrected. Unfortunately, they will find themselves eventually entering into eternity with suffering and pain. The Bible says that people in Christ who are faith, who through faith believe his claims are true, will through obedience in the gospel find abundant life now and the future filled with joy in his presence. I'm so glad. Have, have, um, I'm so glad that one day we will be on streets of gold worshiping with the risen Savior. I was thinking about this. Have you ever wondered what it was like, what it would have been like to be there during that, those days? See, the resurrection wasn't a church service. It wasn't a live streaming. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, baskets and candy and eggs. It was not an event for them. It was a person. It wasn't just an experience. It was a day. Hey, James. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you remember the other day, a couple days ago, Jesus rose from the dead. That would have been cool. It was there. It was real. Jesus still wants to be known as the resurrection to people today. Let's stand this morning. This message that the Bible brings is this. Everyone, everywhere can experience resurrection life through the resurrection and the life, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us respond to God's word with faith and let God move on us through the Holy Spirit. Today, whoever you are, listen to me today, whoever you are, whatever your life is about, rich or, or poor, sinner or saint, status, no status, leader, no leader, minister, no minister, you have a decision to make. There was a little boy trying to get his dad, catch his dad in a, in a joke. He said, Dad, you got three frogs that are sitting on a tree, right? And one decides to jump in the pond. How many frogs are left? So the dad goes, hey, there's going to be two left. No, Dad, let me say that again. You got three frogs sitting on a branch, and one decides to jump in the pond. How many do you have left? And the dad goes, you got two sitting on the branch. Dad, you don't understand. The frog only decided to jump in the pond. There's still three up there. Today, you have a decision. We could, we could just decide that today 
It's not today. We're going to wait. Maybe tomorrow. You remember that old gospel, the old soul song, no one promised you tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? No one promised us tomorrow. So you can decide just to hold it off or you can decide today. No matter what it is, you may have been in church for 10 years, 5 years, 45, 150. Or this may be your first time. Or maybe just a few times in church. But you have a decision to make. Am I going to stay where I am or am I going to lift my arms up, my hands up, my voice up and give my life completely over to God because He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the reason we are here today. He is the reason we even have church. We have a life. He is the reason we have the Holy Ghost. And it's because of His resurrection. Today is not a day just to decide, but to do. Why? Because Jesus did. Amen. Why don't we worship God today? Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.